Kesta for our intro. Always set it down the, on the ones and twos. Welcome, 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 welcome to the What You've Been Watching podcast. I am your host, the exhausted, marvelous Mike Dudley. Uh, joined as always by my co-host and younger brother, MD3 Marcus Dudley, checking in with you. How are y'all doing out there? In here, out there, all the ships at sea. Yeah, anywhere you are listening, thank you for tuning in to the What You've Been Watching podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you, legions. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, how are you today, man? Besides exhausted, just exhausted. Just exhausted, man. It's been a it's been a long day, but uh, I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking about some movie stuff with you because always makes me feel better. You know, I really appreciate stuff like this. This whole this whole experiment uh, came out of just uh, therapeutic trying to be creative. So, it's, uh, so far, so good. We have a very special episode for y'all today. We really do. So special. I have not written a jingle for it yet, but I will. And eventually I'll be able to incorporate my silliness. It's the mailbag. We gotta open letters, see what y'all are talking about. Woo, you heard that. That was, <laughs> that was off the top. Yeah, uh, we have a viewer mailbag. So uh, we are gonna dive right in. This might be a little bit of a shorter episode. We'll see, but... Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe we, we not. know how we do it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> let's fire up right in. Uh, the first question we got is, who do you think is an underrated director? Wow. Okay. That's a that's a big one. Um, underrated for me. I don't know if he's underrated, but I, I just want to get his name out there anyway, just in case you've never like seen any of his stuff. David Cronenberg is a fantastic director. Um, a lot of his stuff is deals in the body horror kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's like the fly and, uh, the wasp woman and, and like all of that kind of stuff. Um, very long, very, very, uh, uh, exemplary career. Um, so I don't know if he's underrated cause I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that know about him, but, uh. That would probably just off the top of my head. That'd be the one I would choose. Um, get into some of his stuff. It's it's it, it it deals with a lot of freakish body dysmorphia and a lot of um, you know what does it mean to be a man if you know if not if I'm not human then am I man and that kind of thing. So um, yeah yeah David Cronenberg. Yeah, David Cronenberg. Um, I think I got two for this one. Okay. Uh, one, I'm going to say, I think he's done a lot of cult classics and a lot of people sleep on how funny I think he actually is. Mike Judge. That's a good one. Yeah. Of Beavis and Butthead fame. He directed Office Space. He did Idiocracy, uh, which is an incredibly funny movie. Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah, He did a movie called Extract, um, King of the Hill. I think his live action stuff, it's people sleep on how funny and stuff he is and how... How comedic his his timing is very different than everybody else's. I think directorially he's like, I mean he's worked with this guy too, which is why it made a lot of sense in the movie extract. He's the like the director version of Jason Bateman's comedic timing. It's very different, very wow. much so his own. But wow! You, but you feel what I'm saying? I though. do feel what you're saying. That is that is a very pinpointed uh, uh, metaphor. Like yeah. it's like you gotta yeah. But but I get it. Yeah. You yeah. either know what I'm talking about with that or you don't. But yeah. um, Jason Bateman's timing. Okay. Yeah, but directorially, you know, behind the camera. Uh, also, one of the actors, the guy who uh, who was in uh, Office Space, he said, "Like, man, I've seen Mike Mike Judge's Notebook. 
And he's like, man, if you think that he's out of material, he's got stuff for decades that he could hit you with. So not just as a writer, but as a director. I think he's cool. slept on a lot. I think a lot of people just look at him as an animator and don't give him the proper due behind the behind the lens. The other one I'm going to say is uh, Ben Stiller. I don't think Ben Stiller gets enough credit for the work he does behind the Secret I mean, Life of Walter Mitty. I mean, you're talking Tropic, Tropic Thunder, Thunder alone, alone, uh, Reality Bites. Yeah, or did, yeah, he he, he direct that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Reality Bites alone for me is one of the most. I'm, it's it's a very '90s. It is a very '90s movie. Like you, you have to have grown up during a very certain era in order to get that. But for me, when I first saw that movie, it hit on such a level. I mean, I thought that. Uh, I just thought that Troy, uh, Ethan Hawke's character, was the quintessential cool. I mean. It, I now kind of realize he's kind of a douchebag. He's a little he's not, smarmy, too. He's a little smarmy and stuff like that. But um, he, um, at the time, like, you know, 14, 15, whatever, like, that's all I wanted to be was just like, oh, he's into philosophy and he's always the smartest guy in the room and he's got the cool girlfriend, but also he can get some side ass as well. So yeah. And then you see it later, you're like, oh, he's crazy insecure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the yeah. dude is, and kind of a dick. I mean, just like, Yeah, yeah. But no, I think Ben Stiller slept on behind the lens. So th- th- that would be my two selections. Mike Judge. So we got Mike Judge, Ben Stiller, Dave Cronenberg. David Cronenberg. Cool. Good answers. Good answers. Uh, next question is, what is your a favorite adult animation show? Let's exclude anime. Just because if it's anime, mine would be Dragon Ball Z. I think yours is... Neon Genesis? I, yeah, Neon Genesis. Or Sailor Moon, probably one of those. Two. See, I don't know if Sailor Moon would be qualified as adult, adult yeah, quote-unquote. Yeah. Uh, when you say adult, to me, that means dealing with not necessarily like sex or nudity or, or what have you, although there is that, but it means more dealing with adult themes. Yeah, I got you. I got Sailor you. Moon is very much... Uh, Bubblegum teenager, it's it's high school problems, but also I have to fight monsters. So, right, right. Um, yeah. I got that. So, where, uh, whereas Neon Genesis deals a little bit more with again, what does it mean to be human, and what is my role in society and life, and and why we do the things that we do, and how do I constantly fit into these interpersonal relationships that I create? So that, and then of course, there's also great graphic monster fighting, and yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so outside of anime, let's let's just stick it to, like, uh, uh, The Simpsons and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Let's see. For, uh, let's see. Top, this is a tough one for me. It is, because... And it, 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 it's, it's not... It's for, it's for a breadth of choices. <clears throat> I, am, I am spoiled for want of this. Right. Um, all right, I got two. My, my modern day one is probably BoJack Horseman. Oh, um, Bojack. It's yeah, yeah. It's it's a little bit slower. It's a little bit more methodical. Not every episode is going for zingers and 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 comedic timing. Some episodes are very clearly there to set up things that are going to happen later in the series. Um, but the payoff when it eventually comes around is both tragic and satisfying in this really weird, emotionally cathartic way. Um, like it's not always the ending that I want or, or how, how I would like it to go, but the ending that we, or, or the, the, the end result that I get makes a lot of sense. And in some way, whether it's sad or anger, anxiety or whatever, it touches on something like, oh, that's, that's a natural reaction to that. Right. For 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 a show that's about an anthropomorphic course, you know, and has like, uh 
animals living amongst us that are able to speak and things like that. It's incredibly realistic. Um, yeah. So what was your second? I, I agree with you on BoJack. That's hard sure, for me not sure. to, especially I'm on a BoJack kick right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, for me also, it uh, going classic style, I would say Beavis and Butthead. Speaking of Mike Judge? Speaking of Mike, but, but carrying into that, there was a brief period in MTV's history where their animation schedule was amazing. I yeah. mean, you had the Max, which was violent and and poetic, poetic and sort of surreal in in, in terms of it. Dreamt, it. It dealt with like dream worlds and alternate realities, and like is the dream that we're living now the real dream, or is our dream our reality? Um, Aeon Flux, which was huge, yeah. really weird animation and super cybernetic futures that dealt with I mean I, I don't think there was a bunch of nudity in, in, in the show but it was very explicitly sexual oh absolutely um, and then you had the head and Beavis and Butthead and I think they, they at some point brought in Ren and Stimpy into the thing yeah um, yeah. so yeah so that would be because <laughs> it, it, so I chose Beavis and Butthead because that was always the lead-in to that animation block. So, you know, you, you, you had like 30 minutes of Beavis and Butthead making fun of music videos and doing their inside jokes, and, uh, and then that always led into the bigger animation block of, of the MTV, uh, was it Liquid Television, I think it was? I think so. Liquid TV? Yeah. 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 I, this pretty much all I do is watch adult animation mm-hmm. because it's just the easiest thing for me to fall asleep to because most of it is mindless which I I, I love mindless stuff um, so I'm, I'm a pretty big connoisseur of it I give everything an honest chance I even saw hoops on Netflix and like I if it's a new adult animation show I'll, I'll give it a spin to see what's okay. up um, a couple of my favorites I am a Rick and Morty guy that's not probably the one I'm going to go with at any point it could have been South Park South Park I, yeah, I do love me classic. South Park I'm such a big fan that I quiz myself. I'll, I'll think of a sh- when I'm flipping through. I'll think of an episode, and I'm like, "That's season 13." And I'm like, "How right am I?" And I'm usually pretty right. Right. So on. I think I could go through if you ask me seasons one through whatever it is now up to about 18. I could probably at least list you one episode. So if I just give you an episode description, you could like piece together like, "Oh, that's season five, episode nine, or whatever." Yeah. If you gave me like a season and be like, "Name an episode from that season," I could do it definitely. Okay. So. But anyways, well, that's a game for another day. So yes, South Park's pretty high on the list. Uh, Bojack's high. I do like Family Guy. I mean, it's hard to vote against The Simpsons. F for Family. The yeah, Simpsons. That's a good one. Yeah. The Simpsons is really high. It's, it's. I mean, just mad respect to The Simpsons yeah, just in and of themselves. The first I mean, 10 seasons is absolutely brilliant. I don't give a shit who you are. But I think my answer is going to have to be The Boondocks. Mm-hmm. I am a huge Boondocks connoisseur. Of all sorts, Young Reezy, the fundraiser, aka Riley Escobar, aka Young Reezy, aka the horse choker. I was gonna say, I'm just waiting for you to find a quote that we can actually play on the air. Know, <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm, I'm a huge. The Boondocks is just so much of everything I love. It is very much so, like in the in the air of um, Simpsons. What like how the Simpsons led to South Park. So it's got a lot of that humor. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of Chappelle Show humor, which anybody that knows me knows I am a ravenous Chappelle Show fan. Right. That's the only DVD I've ever broken, just by playing in the <laughs> DVD player. I lived with my cousin when I moved out of uh, when I moved out of my parents' house, and um, 
every day. One disc said Shaft and the other one said L Show on it. And we were like, you want the Shaft or you want the L? And I mean, we would just play it even when we weren't at the house. It was on <laughs> 24 hours a day. I mean, I know the the commentary, the, the commentary of the deleted scenes. Right. Like, I always warn people when I tell them I'm a Chappelle Show fan. And they're like, oh, I'm Rick James, bitch. I always tell them, like, please beware that when you open this floodgate with me, I'm, I'm going to do deep cuts and you're not going to know what the hell I'm talking about. But, like... It's, and it's not going to stop. Challenge him. Challenge him. And make sure your friends are there. You might get embarrassed. You get embarrassed, right. I got to say the boondocks, though, because uh, it just, it rolls up everything. So, and, and also it was like a great action show, like when Huey gets to putting the nunchucks to work or whatever. I, I fucking love the boondocks. It, it is this perfect blend of social commentary, uh, progressive, like, shock humor meets, like, Kung Fu films plus black exploitation films plus the best and worst of BET, and it's 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 incredibly dumb and it and it winks at that because it winks at how dumb some of these cultures are, whether it be like hip hop culture or like white people outrage or anything like that. How dumb some of it is, right? But it's incredibly sharp in its presentation of whatever of whatever the juvenile humor may be. It's incredibly sharp with it. It, it's bitingly it's, sardonic. Oh, like. it, bitingly sardonic. Exactly. Yeah. It is. It is very sharp in terms of when it makes a point. It makes a finely tuned point. Like it's not just stabbing the stabbing in the dark, trying to like go for shock humor. It's using shock humor in order to make you think about the implications of what's being said. It's. It, but in the same breath, you're also like, I don't know that they can say that on television. Oh so. yeah. And Colonel H. Stinkmeaner, I'm, I was talking to Michael the other day about it, and like, I'm such an easy mark <laughs> that like, if something is funny to me, it's funny for life. And uh, in the show, Bojack Horseman, Cedric Yarbrough is one of the voice actors. He's one of the voice talents on the show. He plays Officer Meow Meow Fuzzy Face. He was in Reno 911. And he does an opening, like a cold open in Bojack, where he does the chicken for days. He's like, chicken for days, chicken. <laughs> but he uses a very close voice to that of Colonel H. Stinkmeaner in, uh, of the Boondocks, and Colonel Stinkmeaner is one of my favorite <laughs> characters in small screen, large screen. He's like, Colonel A. Stinkmeaner, I get money. Holla at your boy. Like, he's the best. It's the greatest character ever. He's an overtly racist, blind, old <laughs> black guy. And I don't know how else to put it other than that. But He's not he's, even racist. He's just hateful. He just no, he is. It. You're right. You're right. But being, he is also, I mean, he drops N-bombs like it's the word. Yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> no, it's yeah. So the Boondocks is probably my favorite of like that set the bar incredibly high for me. Next question, yeah. Um, would you rather live in the Star Trek universe or the Star Wars universe? Okay, see, that's a tough question. I know my answer because well because I love Star Wars. I, I've always been more of a Star Wars fan than I have Star Trek. Like I've been peripherally involved in Star Trek. Um, the problem is that in Star Trek, they built a utopic society. You answered the question, yes. So, like, they don't have money. They don't have, like, they've eliminated world hunger and war. Like, everybody's just like, oh, no, I got to go to college to study philosophy and work on art. Or I'm an English professor. Or, I'm, like, they're, not that blue-collar jobs are gone, but just that, like, all the needs are met. Like right, like, like you, you, you go work and you you go work construction because you love working construction and like you're not getting paid for it. It's just your contribution is to society. You're good at it. You go be a brain surgeon because you are 
capable and, and good at, be, at being a brain surgeon. So that's your con, or a painter, or an artist, or a wh- whatever. Um, however, there's something to be said for riding around roaming the universe with me and my dog slash human best friend, just getting into sorts of all <laughs> sorts of trouble and also laser swords, dude. Need I say more? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, 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 you actually took the words out of my mouth about it. Now, if the answer, if the question was, would you rather be a Jedi or live in or be in Starfleet? I would rather be a Jedi. But I'm saying, most of Star Wars motherfuckers are broke. The only, <laughs> the only thing that's good right. is whether you you agree or disagree with them. There's always a job market in the Empire. Like they always seem to be hiring because mm-hmm. they're losing guys left and mm-hmm. right. So it'd be easy to find a job at least. But like Star Trek, you don't. Even if I'm not like. Captain Picard, and I'm just hanging out on Earth. It's like some of the best living you could right, do. Right, so, right, So, would I rather? I mean, be like, a, like in canon, it literally is the most prosperous time in human history. Yeah. So, would I rather be a Jedi? Yeah. The chances of me being a Jedi, let's mm, be honest, they're pretty slim. See, that's the question: is am I human in these universes, or <laughs> am I like? I just mean as you are, I guess. So I would be human. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the Star Wars universe, they have yet to visit Earth, so I have no idea what that's like. Well, Allegedly, it was a long time ago, so, I mean, am I a caveman at this point? Well, I, I just mean like a humanoid, I guess, but whatever. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, I, I'd say Star Trek, but yeah, but only because of those reasons of your steps to achieve self-actualization. You're sure. like already halfway there just by being born. Sure, right, right, right. Like, if I get to choose where my position is in in that world absolutely star wars if i just have to go by random chance absolutely star trek yeah it's pretty 100 percent. yeah star wars is pretty grimy outside of the yeah yeah so anyways um one more question let's see what we got uh oh good one what character do you play in mario kart toad toad for the win everything all these haters out here that want to say toad is the worst character ever bite my dick because Toad has been there since day one. Who's the one that greets you in Mar- in Mario World, Bowser's Castle, level 1-1? What's he tell you? Hey, man, our prince is in another castle. He's grateful. He's, like, giving you salutes and, and praises and bowing to you. He's been there since day one. Luigi wasn't there. Actually, yeah, he was. Not in-game. I mean, you had to be player two, though. He's still there, though. Still had to be player two. Well, enough of your garbage ass. <laughs> Toad is garbage. I mean, I appreciate him for what he is, but he's garbage. <laughs> I knew you asked that question just so you could Shit on harp Toad. on Toad. Yeah, because the correct answer is Yoshi, and the second answer is Luigi or Waluigi. But yes, Yoshi is my character that I play in Mario Kart. Now it depends. If I'm just playing for fun, it's Yoshi. If I'm really trying to like place in the CC, I'll figure out who the best character is and the best builds are, and I'll go for that. But if you just put a Mario game on and Yoshi's an option, it's a house rule that like I just get to be Yoshi. Like, <laughs> Super Smash, it's like, yeah, I'm going to be Yoshi. Like, let's, let's just be very clear here. I, I fucked with Yoshi very heavy. So, Good question, though. Good question. Uh, okay. Uh, this one comes from uh, Scott D. And it's just, it's just the word grandiose over and over and over yeah. again. <laughs> uh, that's weird. That's okay. We'll move on from that one. Um... Let's see, we got, what fashion trend from a movie would you like to see adapted into the real world? Oh, um, so I get to pick the fashion sense of a film and put it in the real world. Sure, yeah. 
Um, I wish it's not. I don't really know a movie that I can think of. Maybe the, I've never even seen it. But oh, I know one. Romeo and Juliet, the the Baz Luhrmann movie. Yeah, okay. That shit was rad. We had the like fly open like Hawaiian shirts with the suspenders that didn't hold anything up. <laughs> like, I always thought that was rad. And they're all wearing like Bahama pants for some reason. Yeah, yeah, I always thought they looked super rad. I mean, I was a kid when that came out, but like my friends and I dressed. We would have like a vest on with no shirt underneath. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we would. Yeah, that was that was, and then they have like wingtip Italian shoes and with like, like the steel toes. And yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 that yeah, shit was yeah. rad. With cowboy boots and shit. We're fly as fuck in that movie, man. Hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah. So that or I don't know, Cruella Deville. <laughs> Cruella Deville. I have some penguin beak gloves and shit like that. Just the top half of the penguin beak. So double the amount of penguins would have to die <laughs> in order for me to have some fly ass material. I got a fur coat from made from. All the finest puppy ears. That yep. everybody knows. That's the softest, Soft. most pliable part yep. of the puppy. Yep. So, yeah. Just the right ear again. What? Just the right ear. The twice. All the right ears on the right. All the left ears on yeah. the left. So double the amount of creatures have to pass away <laughs> for me to look fly. But uh, yeah. you know how many baby seals I had to personally club to get my socks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, she was on some fly shit, man. Uh, I don't know. What about you, though, man? Uh, Mad Max. Oh. Yeah, I just want to wear a chain mail and a loincloth and a hockey mask and be perfectly accepted in society. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's an iconic look. It's an iconic look. I want somewhere thing. between medieval and gay leather boy. Somewhere. Somewhere go. in there. That's what I want. Yeah. No, I'm with it. I'm with it. Either that, either that, or um, I really like the look of... In 2001, A Space Odyssey, when he's on Earth and everybody's wearing sort of like, they look like suits, but they're also sort of leotard, unitard kind of thing. Like, it's like a suit that goes into, like, just a uniform, like like like, like a single piece. Yeah, I don't remember that one. I'm not, I'm not as familiar with that movie as, as you and Matthew are, though. It, it, ha- it, it, it only happens for a brief moment when the astronauts are on Earth, or, or, or I'm sorry, they're, they're, they're on the... the shuttle that's taking them to the to the station okay uh but yeah i always like that look it's it's very futuristic and yet very um they imitate it in uh uh bill and ted when they go to the when oh, they go to the okay. college oh and yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. wearing like you know how they all have it's, it's kind of like spandex but it's also a suit. suit yeah yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah okay. yeah, yeah. They, they they reference it in bill and ted okay i'm with it yeah that that'd be Fly open gators with that? Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, if you asked me what that same question when I was a kid, it would have been the crow. Like, oh, like I'm a Sting fan. I'm a crow fan. Yeah. The Matrix. Yeah. The Matrix. Yeah. Some some shit like that. But, right. Uh, Everybody in pleather coats and sunglasses. Twenty four seven. Yep. Just looking rad. So, good question though. Okay. Uh, uh, let's see. Next one is cast. This is written weird. So cast the cast of Always Sunny in Philadelphia in superhero roles for either Marvel or DC. So rewrite the cast of Always Sunny in Philadelphia into a superhero okay. role. Okay. Danny DeVingo. Da- Danny DeVingo? Danny DeVingo. Danny DeVingo is the penguin, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, outside of that, let's let's try. Uh, I think we, we were talking about this before. Mojo of, of uh, Mojo World is a great answer. For Danny DeVito, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just his face for Modoc though would also be good. 
Oh, with the big giant floating head. And yeah, the, and the, they just the, somehow CGI stretched his face to just be. That'd be cool. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. This was on a message board a long time ago, and my answer always was um, either the guy who was in. Oh no, well that's, that's a whole different thing. It, it came up about because they had the guy. What's his name? Who was in Ghostbusters? Uh, Winston. Uh, oh. Uh, oh shit. Well, either way, it was the that guy as um, Mr. Terrific. Smash cut to, I'm going to insert the name here. Yeah, exactly. Ernie Hudson. No, they had him as Mr. Terrific. And it made me think a long time ago. I would have loved to see, and still would love to see, Charlie Day as Jamie Madrox the Multiple Man. When at one that. point he went out, he, he split himself so thin, and he went out to go live multiple lives and be happy, and he was like, and then he brought all those people back in. And he uh, he kind of went a little bit crazy, and I th- I thought Charlie Day playing Jamie Madrox the Multiple Man as kind of like that little bit split, little bit off, kind of high strung would be a great great casting. So we got Charlie Day, we got Danny DeVito. Unless you got a better one for either one of them. No, I think uh, I think Mojo and Modoc are both really good. And multiple uh, Man for Multiple Man for Charlie Day. Charlie Day I could also see as I could see him as a Toad. Magneto's henchman. Yeah, I could see that a little bit. Like him throwing on like a really thick Cockney accent and trying to play it up. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, let me see. So who else do we got on the on the roster? Let's see, Glenn Howerton. I could see as. See, I I would see him more as a. Maybe a Blue Beetle. Hmm. I mean, if that's how you see him, there's no right or wrong. Yeah, yeah. They just cast Blue Beetle, though. It's the guy from... Uh... No, no. Old Blue Beetle. Uh, Ted, uh, Cord. Uh, Ted Cord. Ted Cord. Not, okay. the, not the new guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, see, I see him as a villain. I want him to at least the Fury of a Thousand Gods. <laughs> He's the Golden God. Um, I could see him as, like, Mr. Sinister or, ooh, or like, Arcade. That would be a good yeah, one. Arcade yeah, Arcade would be a good one. Yeah, because he, yeah. he's really maniacal and like. See, I don't know. Charlie Day might make a good arcade. He could, though. yeah, yeah. He's cast though. We gotta, okay, right. We, we got more to we're, go. We're in there. Yeah, I would see maybe Mister Sinister with the full peacock feathers and everything like that, man. Mm-hmm. With the black, he could be a good Nathaniel Essex, I think. Um, let's see, Rob McElhenney. Now we are we going Fat Mac or are we going? Oh, we're going Super Gay Cut Mac. Oh, uh, let's see. Or whatever you know, to you. Man, let me think. He could actually, and not because he plays a gay character in it, but he actually, I think, would be a good one. But he could be a good North Star. Okay. But no, he's also kind of got that Philly attitude, though. Um, let me think, man. That's a tough one. He might be a street Ooh, level. Ooh. Dark Hawk. Uh, yeah, he's a little too old for Dark Hawk. Nah, no, 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 no. It's fine. We can play it up. It's okay. I mean... Yeah, I, th- I feel like there's a better... I mean, Chris Powell is supposed to be a teenager when he finds the amulet and stuff, so I yeah. get it, but like, you, we can play that up. I mean, if Tobey Maguire played a 16-year-old Peter Parker at 35, we can definitely... Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, um, bro, he could, he actually would be a pretty good Nova. Like, I could see him being shredded up in the Nova, in the Nova Corps suit as a Richard Rider. I could dig that. Okay, and we finally get Nova. So. Yeah, I guess that's. I just shoehorn that in. I just want Nova. <laughs> uh, yeah, or like Tombstone, like a shitty villain, like a, a B-less villain, like Tombstone or something like that. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Stilt Man. Oh, he'd be hilarious, the Stilt Man. Oh, that'd be great. And let's see, Caitlin Olsen would be Dove. 
<laughs> because she's a bird. Because she's a bird. Uh, yeah, so any, any other suggestions on that one? Uh, nah, I mean, at, at this point, we're just listing... People we want to see. People we want to see. So <laughs> we're yeah. like, I don't care. Make them, uh, make them this person because I want right, that person right, to right, see right, you. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Danny DeVito as Mole Man. I thought about oh, that would be really fuck good. Yes. That'd be really fuck good. Yeah, he'd be, yeah. a, he'd be especially if they're gonna bring in a brand new Fantastic Four. I would love to see him play Mole Man. He'd be, be a great. fucking phenomenal Mole Man. Yeah, it seems to fit. He's real squat. Got the like, yeah, real haggard features. Uh, yeah, he'd yeah. be a great. Seeing yeah. him with, especially if they, it, like, if they're gonna. Throw in the like green cloak with the with the with the cape and whatnot, and his little goggles. That's the thing is that'd be an easy character to do because he lives underground. So like he has no that might be the hottest shit in all the mole world, like fashion wise. You know what I mean? That the might cape. Be, yeah, like, <laughs> he might be the flyest dude down there, like unquestionably. <laughs> is that the fashion we're bringing into the real world? Yeah, now? the mole man. <laughs> yeah, dude. I want goggles and a cape with a cowl. I want exactly, it. exactly. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, what else we got on the mailbag? Mailbag. Let's see. Uh, let's see. We got what TV show or movie would you like to see rebooted? Kind of a general question, but it's a it's it's a good one. Oh man, that's tough. Uh, TV show or movie? I'd like to. I see. have two. Go ahead then, because I don't actually know. So one's gonna be a little bit controversial, and one is uh, I think a guaranteed hit. I think Battlestar Galactica is ripe for, for a, a third reboot. Yes, or a second reboot. I second say. reboot. Yes, yes. Uh, <coughs> I think I think it warrants enough to maybe not Battlestar. Ooh, okay. How about this? Instead of Battlestar Galactica, fuck it. Let's bring back Firefly. Let's just do it. Just bite the bullet. We're never gonna get a second series with the original cast. Let's just bite the bullet. Let's just recast it do everything just just do all of firefly but actually motivate and move forward on this one and sell the fuck out of it you have to uncancel joss whedon no 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 it can't well it can't be joss whedon but but i think that under the right hands like i would love to see a jj abrams uh firefly <laughs> he reboots everything yeah he's rebooting. why not he's got a successful track rate at this point so he's yeah. rebooting something right now that we don't even know about. that's fine that's fine okay i can I mean, i'm down for, i was never like a huge fan but i get it. i get the appeal what was your second one you said i actually would love to see an all in the family remake it'd be hard to do but See, I don't know. I think that if you set it in the 70s, like you you literally, like you can't do Archie Bunker in 2022. It doesn't work. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not a good enough writer to make that. Yeah, that'd be tough. You, you see what I'm saying? Like it may be possible. I don't want to say it, it, it could never be done. I am not a good enough writer to make that happen. But if you gave it to me in the 1970s, I could absolutely rewrite that and make it worthwhile. Because then it becomes a whole thing about how kitschy and how far we've come as a, as a people. And really, you got to remember, the whole point of All in the Family was as racist and as, as close-minded. close-minded as he was, by the end of the episode, Archie Bunker learned a lesson. That's true. So it, it, it never ended with him. It, it wasn't the, the always sunny of its time where he just never changed and, and was always racist the next time. Like, he learned a lesson by the end of it, you know? I'm with you. So I think that if you really set it in the 70s and just not necessarily a shot for shot remake, there'd yeah. be a few things you'd have to update. But the other thing you could do was kind of do a half in, half out where it was like 
his son. Oh, tell me more, Thaler. <laughs> now it would be like his son was saying how he came to his lessons by his own. So son. Meathead. Wait, what? Archie Bunker's oh, kid? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, hypothetically, let's say, like, he's he's telling the story about how he learned his lessons in life through his own dad's, and that'd be, like, the, the framework of, like, you set up the episode, like, oh, I came to this conclusion by this, and he kind of shows the lesson of watching his own dad. So kind of Wonder Years meets... A little bit, a little bit. Okay, okay, okay. Because, I mean, in today's day and age, you can't just go out there and say half the things that he says. You know, I understand that you're saying there was a point to all that, but, like, there's no, you'd have to have a framing device in order for that to even be on air today. Oh, yeah. It, it definitely would not be an NBC show. It would no, have to be no. like a streaming service like, yeah. like, like where you could say things, you know. I'd be with it, though. There's, there's definitely a way to do it. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. Uh, my answer is going to be pretty simple. One is going to be the boondocks. <laughs> Just because more boondocks. Because, yeah, they, they were going to do it, and then, uh, rest in peace, John Witherspoon passed away. Yeah. Or And this one they're actually doing, but I hope they keep it close to the same flair. Um... Batman the Animated Series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Even if they just did the exact... I mean, I think they are going to do it with a lot of the same voice work, but I don't. I want the, the feel of Batman the Animated Series, because that is like pinnacle Batman. Definitive Hand, Batman. Hands down, when I read a Batman comic, it is Kevin Conroy's voice that I hear in the Batman narrative. I yeah. mean, just he's got that great baritone slash bass voice where if, if he's playing Bruce Wayne or Batman like he just he, he switches perfectly in between them and it sounds beautiful and he's got these really caramel tones and this he's, yeah he's, and then of course Mark Hamill as the Joker is just phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah. and Tara Strong as, as Harley Quinn I can't read Harley Quinn and not hear that I mean Margot Robbie based her entire performance off of the Tara Strong performance I mean yeah, it's it's all A plus, man. And Link of Two Worlds, Andrea Romano. Like, why do I know this? Andrea Romano was the voice director. She was the uh, the the person who directs all the voice actors yeah. on both of those shows, The Boondocks and Batman: The Animated Series. Why do I know that? I don't know. So Andrea Romano, underrated performance of the year. Underrated uh, performance of a lifetime. <laughs> of a lifetime. So yeah, those would be my two answers. Okay, I dig it. That's a, that's a and like I said, solid. I think they're doing Batman the Animated Series, but I don't, I don't I, know how close it's going to be to what I'm looking for. I know, know that I mean? they're redoing the uh, X Men '97. Um, yeah, the, it's basically going to be just a continuation of that series, which I am really looking forward to because it's going to be dope. I mean, that was Saturday morning staple. Was you got your bowl of Lucky Charms? You sat down. You watched Power Rangers. You got Batman. You watched Batman, and then the next thing you watched was X Men. And then at some point, you know, then hopefully you lucked out. Your dad wasn't like, "We got to get going on the day." That's usually what happened. But it's all good. Ten (laughs) thirty. We got it taken care of, though. Uh, All right, cool. So next question, my friend. Let's rapid fire. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Uh, what movie has a soundtrack that cannot be altered? And I, I think what they're asking is, like, what's the perfect movie soundtrack? Or, I, or if it was going to be I, rebooted, what soundtrack could you just use today? I would think that it's somewhere along the lines of either one of those, but um, I would think that it's like where you couldn't replace any song with another song. You know what I mean? Like in the movie. Like all the gotcha. music. Gotcha. Does that make any sense? Yep. That's yep. Not what I'm yep. reading it as. Or maybe that's what I intended to write <laughs> out of the mailbag, which is a very real question. 
man. These are all real questions. I mean, it's easy to say something like Fantasia, you know, but yeah. that's kind of, but whatever. That's kind of like low-hanging fruit, yeah. Yeah. Um, man, as much as I hate to admit it, probably, I know, I've, I've heard this question asked before, and the people, I've never seen this movie, so I, I can't be a judge on it, but everyone says Garden State is what I hear all the time. Everyone's like, oh, Garden State, the soundtrack is is exactly what it needs to be. I, I, I can't answer to it. Though. Yes and no. I mean... If you saw Garden State when it came out, yes, I would absolutely agree to that. Seeing it now, I, I would say that it's a very dated soundtrack. Like it is, it is very much a a very specific point in time. You know, like um, it doesn't use classic songs. It's not like there's songs that are are so timeless that they're um, Interchangeable, you know what I'm trying to say. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's very much a late '90s, early 2000s movie in terms of soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, again, I've never seen it, so I don't know. The only thing that can really come to my mind is I want to say Pulp Fiction. That's a good pull, though. That's Pulp a good Fiction's pull. Pretty on point with like I don't I can't think of another song that would work in those moments. Um, you know what I mean? Like it really does capture the feel of like the record drop seem as they're almost written into the script. You know, like the needle drops kind right. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. Martin Scorsese does that too, but like, let's be honest, some of those songs, I don't, in my opinion, they could be interchanged. But I, I, my closest one I can get there is Pulp Fiction, probably, I think is pretty high on the list of things where you can't really change too much or else you seem to be losing something. That's a, that's a really good one, actually, yeah. Because it, it spans everything from like beach vibes to like the 1950s to, you know what I mean? Uh, to like. Like yeah, go-go yeah. swing they dancing do, right, and right, stuff. Right, right, right. And then they do they throw in some Zydeco music during the dance scene. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I feel you on that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. For me, it would have to be something to where the music is so timeless that you could... Oh, here's one. Here's one. American Werewolf in London. Okay. The... They 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 use the song Blue Moon about four times, but it's a different version every time, and it's always significant. But that being said, they use you know uh, Bad Moon on the Rise by uh, Creedence Clearwater. Uh, they use uh, uh, Moon Dance, you know the night's magic. Na, oh, nice! Na, na. Um, a good song. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um, they use Roy Orbison in there for some reason. Like it's it's a lot of and I think it works because the movie's set in the 80s, but they tend to use a lot of 60s, 50s, and even into the 70s songs. So it, it's it's music that the protagonist, uh, David, would have grown up listening to, okay. or like his parents had, had grown up listening to. Um, the only other thing I could think of is if they were to reboot Highlander today. Oh, that's a great pull. I don't necessarily think that they should use the Queen version of those songs, but they should use the exact same soundtrack, but covers. Yeah, no, that's that's a because really if you're gonna reboot Highlander, then you have to go full on into it and just be like, "Fuck it, we're doing the exact same formula, just our version of it." So yeah, I'm with it. No, I'm so with it. hearing like it's a kind of magic or Who Wants to Rule the World or Princes of the Universe or uh, like any of that, like done by. Not even modern bands. Not even not even like beat 
BTK or, or BSK or whatever the Korean pop. <laughs> Mind pop. Torture Kill. <laughs> BTK whatever, kid. whatever. Yeah, the BTK band. Uh, so now, but, but like if, if they got the Smashing Pumpkins to redo you. one or Harry Styles to do one. If no, they got, I got the Spice you. Girls to do one. Whatever I, the tone is that they're going for that movie, they could, yeah, they could use those songs and find something to fit it. No, find I got a you. tone to fit. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's a really good pull, actually. Highlander, yeah. No, that was a good question, though. It's a good question. Okay. Even uh, though it was worded weird, we got there. We got there. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, if you could replace... This is a, a classic internet question. If you could replace the cast of any movie with the Muppets except for one character, what movie would it would it be? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, let's see. I got one just off the rip. I don't know how it works. It would be... I am legend, but instead of all the zombies, they'd just be Muppets. <laughs> now, wait, wait, wait. Who do you keep as the as the human actor? That's the thing is, I mean, I could be well, or would it be that Kermit is the only one out there or whatever Muppet fits? <laughs> you got to keep one out? You got to oh, keep one Oh, no, actor. no. Okay, okay. So it's Gonzo, and he's the last man on earth, and all of the, the monsters are, are animal. <laughs> and they come out at night and they hunt. I dig and it. Okay, but there's got to be one human. The dog is still the same. <laughs> Keep the dog. Keep the dog. Yeah, that's wait, a... wait. So Gonzo has to snap this dog's neck. Spoilers alert. He yes. has to snap this dog's yes. neck. Oh, that's dark as and, shit. An, bro. An animal comes out. <laughs> <coughs> or, uh, or or let's see. Or Rolf could be. Rolf is the dog, and then just there's only like one other character that's a human in there, and it's it's the woman, yeah, yeah, the woman, yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. No, that's the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's the answer. And she just plays it completely normal, like and Kermit's is... the vampire leader, or the count. Perfect. Yeah, the count Perfect. is the vampire leader, and then it's all animals. <laughs> that's right. That's it's a bunch brilliant. of animals. Yeah, I dig it. That is the correct answer. I would answer. watch the shit out. And of then that. the woman that comes in and plays, she's the, the actress from Queen of the South. Yeah, she just plays it completely normal. Like this is she, if she played it straight, that would be the most brilliant movie ever. Like she didn't ever acknowledge like that she was the only thing that was different, right, not made right, of cloth. Right, right. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, I am legend oh, is the answer. That's genius. Yeah. That's genius. Yeah. Just imagine all the animals. Oh. <laughs> ah. Or it's a bunch of cookie monsters running out. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the correct answer. Yeah. Well mine's not gonna top that. Oh, that's but. Great. Yeah, I am legend. Yeah. That's pretty dope, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so my choice was, and it's kind of a kind of a gimme, Jaws. Okay. I want the shark played by a Muppet because I like the idea of like a felt wow. shark. Nom 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 nom. Your shark sound effects. <laughs> um, and I would turn Kermit into Chief Brody. Okay. I would turn Quint into the Swedish Chef. Only because I want him to do the entire Indianapolis speech <laughs> as Morka Morka Shark and Brendan Barbin on the Toppin. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's a good one. Never get him meme, Chief. That's a great one. <laughs> and I would keep uh, Hooper as the as the human. I'd see that movie. Richard Dreyfus interacting with a bunch of Muppets. I'd see that movie in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm very proud of my answer still. <laughs> yeah, I think yours beat mine. I'm not going to lie. I think yours beat mine. Credit where credit's due. That was a way better answer. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, well, we will, 
We will come right back. We are going to take a quick commercial break. Let's hear it out for uh, video games. Yeah, video games. We'll be right back. Uh, yeah. And thank you to our sponsors, Video Games, for draining my bank account since 1989. Yeah. But also, you keep the wolves at bay, so mad respect. Video Games, a pleasant distraction. <laughs> All right. Oh. Little thunder action. Little Sorry, thunder action there. Sorry. Uh, okay. Um, here's the question. What movie, when you left the theaters, were you most pleasantly surprised after viewing? Most pleasantly surprised? Yeah, I guess in terms of like whether it be, oh, I didn't have expectations for it, or you didn't really know what you were going to get, but it still kind of won you over, or something like that, you know? Okay, so I have two. Okay. Uh, the first one is uh, Blade Runner 2049. Good pull. Um, I purposely stayed away from watching the trailers for this movie just because, I mean, full confession, like Blade Runner is one of my favorite science fiction movies and movies of all time. Um, I think it's brilliant. So well shot. So, so cinematic, cinematography, cinematically, cinematically, uh, beautiful, uh, very poignant and very emotionally investing. Um, and then, of course, you add Harrison Ford, who I love. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great detective noir. So when they announced the sequel, I was very skeptical of how do you capture the magic of the first one. Okay. That, is, that is so endearing to me and that I love so much. And I got to say... They really did it. They, it's at least comparable to to the first one. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's better, but it's at least as good in my in in my opinion, which is a hard feat to accomplish. I think it's better personally, but okay, yeah, that's a good poll though, because I, yeah, I I didn't I wasn't sure how it was gonna land being so long after the other one too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when I did view it, I was like, man, that was surprisingly good. Yeah, it was a very pleasant surprise. That, that fits the qualifications of the question perfectly, actually. Uh, and then the second one was the Dread uh, uh, movie with Carl Urban as Judge Dread. Um, again, like I had seen one trailer for it and was completely blown away by it and just, and just thought, like, this has got to be, it's going to be either gloriously awesome or gloriously awful either way I gotta be a part of it and it's kind of a really sweet combination of both it is now that movie rules if you haven't seen it Mega City 1 I mean it's essentially the raid but told with a big Hollywood budget and Carl Urban as Judge Dredd is amazing in it I mean you never see his face and it's just gloriously violent and and over the top but in all of the best ways. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. It's pretty badass. Yeah, that's a good pull. Okay. I would say for myself, only because I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, and I have some issues with the movie, only because it kind of changes tones. But um, I would say District 9. That's another really good pull. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I, I mean, I have some issues with it upon like further viewing of like, there's some scenes like he just he walks out of the hospital with a knife to a doctor's neck and that's how he's whatever it's I, I take some issue with it 
when I first saw it, I, I was like, is this going to be a documentary? And then it is like a fake documentary, but then it, at some point it just switches into an actual movie. And whatever problems I may or may not have with the film, it was one of the most original things I had yeah. seen in a very long yeah. time. And still is one of the most original films I had seen in my life. And I mean, Neil, Blom- Neil Blomkoff coming off of... I mean, he had never done anything before. He was yeah. just this completely unknown director. And then you get... Uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Shalto Copley. Copley? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, which is, I think, one of the most underrated actors. Ooh, it's coming down out there. Coming down out there. Apologies. We're, we're braving the storm. We're actually holding up a, a, a golden metal rod as we're broadcasting so you can reach this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Neil Blomkoff uh, just coming out of, out of left field. I mean, like this completely unknown director and brings us this really original brilliant piece of cinema that is completely engaging and politically motivated and relevant to what was going on at the time so yeah 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 it's like i said i wasn't really sure what i was gonna get out of it but then i left i was like dude that that fucking ruled yeah like that was i would see that 10 more times and i probably have <laughs> I also just like his accent. He's like, "Don't you fucking point your tentacles at me? Don't point you... your tentacles at me, sir." Yeah. No, that movie is a uh, is one of the most original films I've ever seen, and uh, yeah, that would be a movie I was very pleasantly surprised upon viewing. Cool. So, and the CGI is incredible in it. Oh my goodness. So, next question. I feel we have sufficiently answered that one. Uh, we got a few more here, then we'll let y'all go. Um, if you could only watch one streaming service for the rest of your life, what would it be? Okay. Now, do you base this on... this? Here's the question for me. is: Do I base this on original programming? Or do I base this on accessibility to the things I already like? And, and that's where it comes down for me as well. Because immediately, the first thing that came to mind was I would keep Peacock. But that's only because they currently have every WWE match ever. Like every pay-per-view, every... Every match from probably like, God, I think they go back to like 1967 is the furthest match that I've seen. Damn. I mean, you got you to gotta dig to find it, but I mean, it's... Yeah, that's, it's a, that's a big library. Yeah. So, and I'm a, I'm a huge wrestling fan, but there's nothing else that I watch on that streaming service. Like, right. I, I keep that very explicitly for the WWE service. On yeah, you don't, you're not an office guy, are you? No, 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 no. And I'm, I'm not watching Stoked or The Good Place or any of that other stuff. Right. Uh, so, strictly for the library of WWE, I would say Peacock. But in terms of things that I actually watch, probably HBO just because at the they might not have everything but at the very least it's always changing and always they're always bringing in new things and you get Game of Thrones you get Westworld you get The Wire The, the Wire Sopranos, The Sopranos yeah, I mean shit you might have turned my yeah 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 I just, they, you you get all of the DC movies from you know Superman 1976 up until the most recent Batman you know Robert Pattinson movie so, that's a tough one to beat for me. They have classics on there, too. They have, like, all the MGM movies. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All, all the Turner Classic movies, all the AMC movies. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I think my answer is going to have to be Hulu, only because it has a tremendous amount of adult animation on there. 
The Boondocks? Well, (laughs) I don't know if they have that anymore. I think that's strictly on HBO Max. But they do have Family Guy. They have The Simpsons. They have Bob's Burgers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And I I could probably live the rest of my life just watching those. But also, and this is a little bit of a cheat code, they have access to live sports. And I'm a big sports guy. So football season comes around and I need to watch my Florida State play and I can tune onto the ACC or I can pay to get the ACC network to it as well. Right. You know, so it's a little bit of a cheat code, but maybe Hulu only for that reason. But, um, so Hulu edges out for the exact same reason that Peacock edges out for me in terms of they have the one content that I really give a fuck about. No, no. I mean, there's, there's content on other platforms that I give a fuck about, but I mean like your life would be inexorably changed if that wasn't available. Yeah. Like, if I couldn't watch wrestling, I don't know what I would do with myself. Right, you yeah. Know? So maybe Hulu, just because of the, the adult animation library and access to sports. Although I will say, apparently, rumor mill is, is that Tony Khan is about to sign AEW streaming service to HBO Max. So if I could... I mean, if, as long as I'm getting wrestling, I might go with HBO Max if that happens. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Um, okay, fair fair question. Uh, let's see. If you could have any two directors switch films, what directors would they be and what films would they be? Oh, that's a really good question, actually. Uh... See, my original response was Kevin Smith because I would love to see him do like a Goodfellas or... Kevin Smith does the Goodfellas? I would love to see that. That, that You can't tell me that's not a great movie. Scorsese does Clerks? But, but see, that's the problem is I can't think of someone else that I would like to see do a Kevin Smith movie. Like, I, yeah. I, I, can see if, I can conceive of movies that I would like to see Kevin Smith do, but I don't know that anyone else could step in and do a Kevin Smith movie. Um... Maybe Jim Jaramouche or um, yeah. Uh, what was the guy that did Slackers and Richard, Richard Linkletter. Linkletter? Richard yeah. Linkletter. I would maybe if Kevin Smith did uh, Dazed and Confused and Richard Linkletter did Clerks. That would be a really interesting mix. That's a good pull. That's a good pull. I'm trying to lean two different ways, and I'm not sure. I would say maybe to have Terry Gilliam. Do the Prisoner of Azkaban, like originally planned. Oh. And then Alfonso Curasan do Fear and Loathing. Wow. Wow. So Alfonso Curasan's the director who did Children of Men. He did Gravity. So it'd be like a lot. It'd be, that'd be a really interesting switch. Or a Terry Gilliam movie with like a Tim Burton. Like having Terry Gilliam do Big Fish. And, and Tim, Burton Tim Burton do Brazil or something or, like yeah, that. Yeah, or something. Or, yeah, I don't uh, know exactly what. Imaginarium. Yeah, Dr. Imaginarium Parnassus. Dr. Parnassus is probably what I do there. That'd be yeah. a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see that. See, again, your your answers are crushing mine, yeah. so I don't want to play this game anymore. I think <laughs> I'd go Terry, because he was originally slated to direct um, Prisoner of Azkaban mm-hmm. with Gary Oldman. So I'd, I'd do that there, and then, yeah, I'd probably have Alfonso Curacao do Fear and Loathing, which I love Fear and Loathing, but I'd just be, it'd be really interesting. It'd be super long takes, and like, how cerebral can Alfonso Curacao get with all this camera trickery that he's so good at. Right, He's right, a right. master of long shots and putting cameras in places. Like, how did you make it from across the room over there to here and being upside down in one continuous shot? Right, And right. to fuel that with, like, the drug binges of uh, Johnny Depp and Benicio Del Toro and uh-huh, that, uh-huh. that'd be trippy. That'd be a good... Be, I, I, a good I like one. that. I that'd think you're good. winning this game so far, sir. I'm I pretty gotta... good at what I do, man. 
The research is done, son. Yeah, we're doing this for y'all. All right, a few more. Uh, if you could be a cop, a police officer from any precinct, movie or television, what would it be? Cop from any precinct, movie or television. I'd just be RoboCop. Oh, God damn it. Detroit, baby. Shout out to Paul Dixon. Shout out to Detroit, Mr. Steven. No, I, I wouldn't be RoboCop. He oh. gets sh- torn to shreds too often. I mean, and then you do have to go through the original trauma of like uh, Red Foreman shoot your dick off and blast your hand off. Yeah, and it's pretty It's pretty bad. Bitches pay the punishment or whatever yeah. it says. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm butchering the line. Yeah. Red Foreman of, of that 70 show. Nice, yeah. <laughs> Forgot he did that. Uh, yeah, shout out to Kurtwood Smith. Uh, I would say, God, being a cop in any... 21 Jump Street. TV show or movie or both? TV show. But I don't, but, but don't want to be the, the young looking cop going undercover. I want to play the, like, the old... Like, curmudgeon? The, the old curmudgeon who's like, back in my day, we couldn't have sex with our high school students to trap them into buying drugs. Yeah. Back in my day, we had to invite them to a kegger. And... Yeah, I mean, I, it is... It or, is. Or, or being like being, being the one that's like, you're walking the edge here, Hanson. Yeah, you're, that Ricky you're, Hatch up straight you're, 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 you're dancing the line. You can't tell where the student begins and the cop begins. Right. <laughs> you're losing sight of them. Losing sight of them. Don't make me reel you back in, goddammit. Yeah. Those cops rule, by the way. But goddammit, you're one fine cop, and you get the job done. Being that cop in any universe, because it's so universally accepted, would be the shit. Um, I think my... With my luck, I would be the cop that's like, six days to retirement, and then I get shot in the head. Yeah. (laughs) You have the widow, Irish wife. That's right. Oh, Dudley. You're so close. Oh, my boy. Yeah. They killed my husband. Yeah, that'd probably be me too, yeah. Uh, I would say, honestly, the easy answer for me is Super Troopers. Oh, Those guys have a great, shit. Yeah, Super Troopers looks like a blast. Even if you're Farva, you're having a good time. I mean... A leader of cola? <laughs> that, movie's, that movie rule. <laughs> yeah, probably Super Troopers, or like I said, being one of the curmudgeons would be a lot of fun. Being in like the Lethal Weapon. Right. I need your gun and your badge. Yeah. You can't go in the front door. They didn't say anything about the back door. And you break protocol. Yeah, any, any one of those cops would be ruled. Would rule. Uh, but yeah, probably Super Troopers, man. They look like they're having a good time out there in Rhode mm-hmm. Island. So uh, surprisingly, the sequel to that movie is actually really funny. That, that I came, still have not seen actually. That came, we were talking about it last week. Um, that came out around the sound, same time as like Dumb and Dumber Two and right. like Zoolander Two. And you're like, why are they doing a sequel to something that's like? Too little, too late. Right, right. The sequel to Super Troopers is actually pretty funny. It, it stands okay. up. It's more of the same, but not necessarily in a bad way. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Yeah, it's, it's surprisingly funny. All right, we got two more. Uh, who is your favorite? Three more. I'm sorry. No, there's one that says, how do you get a job here, fuckface? And something <laughs> about touch my camera through the fence. Oh, I, I don't know what that means. I don't but... know what that means. Yeah. I sorry, you missed that one. Yeah, I, I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, anyways, favorite movie pet. Oh, okay. So this one's kind of a cheat, but I would assume you can't just pick an animal. You can be like the alien from Alien would be my favorite. No, pet. no, 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 it has no. Has to no. be a pet that belongs to somebody. Yeah. I mean, it, again, it's kind of a cheat, but R two D two. Oh, hey, I, you're like, referring I, I, to I, droids I as animals, and I think that's pretty disrespectful <laughs> to the droid community. 
You know, we try to be progressive here at What You've Been Watching, and we don't know the exact political layout of how they would take that, my friend. That's what I'm saying. But Chewy works as an answer. Because <laughs> fuck Wookiees. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, R2-D2. He's a hell of a companion. I See, that's that's where I interpret it. It's not necessarily pet, but, I mean, I, I'm not sure what the... What the Rights and and regulations yeah. on on droid ownership is. I mean, they do. Yeah, that's more. They are service droids, so I don't. I don't know, yeah. See, right? right? It's like having a service animal. Like, I mean, I, I'll allow it. I guess. Right. He's my seeing eye dog. He's yeah, yeah. Three PO would be a little bitch. <laughs> fun all the time. Fuck you, Anthony Daniels. That was, that's what we're saying. Yeah. Um. Man, it's hard not to say a Mogwai. I was just thinking that was my that was my backup in case you had nothing. Yeah, that uh, I don't really I can't think of another really good pet. Uh, oh, Petey from Dumb and Dumber, the, the or, or not uh, Pretty Bird. Oh, Pretty the one where they they, yeah, they tape his head back, they top on, his yeah. head, tape his head back on. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. Oh, man. Uh, feed me, Seymour. Oh yeah, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess a Mogwai would be pretty cool. I can't really. Think of anything else. I'm Benji. To... Benji would be a really cool pet. Yeah. Rin I mean, that's a that's a smart dog. Yeah. Ten Ten would be a dope ass pet. Rin Ten Ten. Rin Ten Ten. My bad. Ten Ten's a French dude. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, the Adventures of Ten Ten. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Although, yeah. if you have a French dude as a pet, I mean, we learned something about you today. No, so. I definitely do not. I'm to... <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything, man. Yeah, yeah, probably. I guess a Mogwai, even though my life would become hell very quick. Oh, Spider Pig. From the Spider Pig, yeah, Spider, Spider Pig, Pig. Harry Plopper himself, Harry yeah. Plopper, yeah, from the Simpsons movie. Okay, yeah, he's a, he's a great, pet. awesome, like potbelly pig. Yeah, no, he's he's an awesome pet. He has so many looks, <laughs> so many looks. Uh, all right, final question. This is one I just threw in there at the last minute. Michael, honest question: Why were ninjas so cool in the early nineties? I think it's all cyclical. I think that it's there's a there's a certain pattern of. Uh, like there's cowboys, then there's ninjas, then there's pirates, then there's uh, astronauts. I think it's all cyclical, and I think that just ninjas were, it was just, the time was ripe for ninjas to, to, to take their place. Especially with the, with the advancement of, like, everything was action movie oriented, and I think you can trace it originally back to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles of the 80s, and I think that that's sort of what set off the craze. I mean, ninjas have always been semi-popular or something like that, but, I mean, there's there's definite points that you can point to in terms of, like, the Ninja Turtles set off the, the, the ninja craze, and then Jack Sparrow set off the pirate craze, and... Uh, Mal from Serenity set off the 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 space. Uh, I think that was Han Solo, but okay. Well, no, Han Solo set it off, but yeah. then twenty years I later, gotcha, I gotcha. then comes uh, uh, Serenity and and setting off the the whole like space adventure thing. Um, so I think it's all cyclical. I think that it's just it's it, it's time for something to come around. I think I'm not sure if it's that. Toy manufacturers decided that ninjas were going to be cool, and so that's all we got. Sure. Or if kids decided that ninjas were cool, and that's all they gave us. But I think it started with a karate kid. Because you remember like when we were kids, I know it kind of started in the 70s when, like, and before my time or whatever. The Shaw Brothers. And well, the... yeah, and there was like a big craze, and like you saw a bunch of... But then like, 
when I was a kid, like the amount of Taekwondo dojos that appeared in every freaking shopping center ever, like it was just everywhere. Like if it was a shopping center, there was a Taekwondo center. Right, or a karate studio. Or or karate, or, yeah, right, right, right. it was every, it was like a boom. And I think it started with a karate kid, and then like Ninja Turtles came in, and then like Batman's pretty much a ninja, and like so uh-huh, we got Batman right, the Animated sure, Series. Right, right. And then it was like. It was just rad. Like it was, Power Rangers, yeah. then you bring in, you know... It was uh, just like everything yeah. we had was like martial arts, karate-oriented. And it was it was a great time to be alive, Michael. <laughs> that was my question. Oh, also, to answer the previous question, what would I want to see rebooted again? Anything Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles related, I would yeah. always want to see. I don't care how many times they do it, even if it's like, uh, it's not my turtles. I don't care. I'm just glad that the Ninja Turtles are back in some fashion, form, or function for each and every generation. I would say Highlander. I really think the time is is really, really... The time has come for a Highlander reboot. And especially if you put it in the right hands, like like a... a hmm. I think David Leach is doing it. David, really? Uh, yeah, the guy who did Deadpool 2, who did one of the John Wick films. Oh, yeah, that long. would be great. Yeah, right. absolutely. It's him and his buddy. Ah, shoot, I forgot which one did which. But or, or you know what? Uh, uh, I think David Leach is doing who, it. Who was the... the, the uh, they did Minister Society and... Uh, the Hughes Brothers. Hughes Brothers. Like, I think that if they were to do a Highlander, that would be great. I'm with it. I like anything those guys do, man. Freaking yeah. Book of Eli's the shit. <laughs> Maybe. No, I like it. I mean, yeah. I mean, Menace Society is my shit, though. But, yeah, I think that's why ninjas were so cool. Is we, we as kids told toy companies that ninjas were cool, and they took it and ran with it. Or maybe they just told us that they were cool, and that's all they felt like selling us. Either way, <laughs> great time to be alive, my friends. Uh, well, that is the mailbag. We ran through it. That's it? That is the mailbag. That's the, that's the end of the mailbag? Yeah. If you want to send us a mail, please reach out at whatcha been watching podcast at gmail.com or you can find us on facebook at dudley bros podcast dudley bros podcast you can also just search whatcha been watching on facebook we will pop up there and we have a very cool little logo courtesy of the great mkd art um yeah so reach out to us there fill us up with your mailbags fill us up with your goodies get it give it to us we won't give us all your goodies so anything else man that pretty much covers it man uh next time go see a movie and uh and then write us a letter about it. <laughs> Peace. Good job.